Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What's up, friends? Hey guys, happy Monday. It is a brand new week of After 9 and holy shit, do we ever have a lot to talk about. Coming up in this episode, another podcast password, your chance to win $1,000 when we hit a million downloads on After 9. Today's password is coming up very soon. We're also going to talk about Douglas Ford, who looks like he's aged about 12 years in the last three. I don't know if you saw that news conference, but Jesus, Doug, you need to get to bed. You need some sleep. COVID's done. Go to bed. (laughs) We'll talk about that. (laughs) Uh, And, oh, some new legislation that was proposed today from the labor minister here in Ontario who wants us all to be able to not feel bad about disconnecting from work a little bit. And I'm right there all in favor of this with Monty. So that's coming up, too. First off, before we talk about Alec Baldwin and what happened this weekend, the developments that came out of the shooting on the Mm -hmm. set of his movie... You picked out a Halloween costume. A kind of. I mean, I shouldn't say it's official official because I purchased zero items for this. I purchased not a thing, but we did come up with an idea. And when I say we, my husband and I were talking about, we don't usually, we don't usually dress up a lot for Halloween. It's just whatever's around. We'll make it work. Fine. But um, we're going to a Halloween party and we felt like we would definitely be alone if we don't dress up. And we thought, well, why don't we do a couple's costume? But not like one of these, like, I want to do no bacon and eggs or you're the wiener, I'm the bun or any of that shit. So. (laughs) (laughs) What a random example. I don't know. I'm the hot dog and you're the bun. You know that exists. Oh, I'm sure it does. Uh, Can I just tell you, by the way, before you go on, that if my girlfriend came to me and said, Scott, I think think we should do a couple's costume. That's when I would politely suggest to her that we start seeing other people. Not a fucking chance. Not if it was like a cool show that you liked. Not even if it was the story of Scott Fox and I had the starring role. Wow. Not doing it. Why? You don't like the attention? No, I don't like Halloween. I don't like the costumes. I don't like the, the dressing up, pretending to be someone else. I'm just good with ignoring the 31st of October. Right. That's just me, though. I hear you, but do you remember what it was like? Because now this is the phase I'm entering in life, and you were there, where your kids were into it, so you felt like you had to kind of be into it, or you were kind of forced into it, or did you just leave that all to your wife at the time? Uh, Yeah, no, I didn't really conform. I mean, I'd go along with it in the sense that, oh, yeah, 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 sure, that's what you want to be? Okay, cool, great, let's get you that costume. As far as my participation, I liked to walk the dog. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part of Halloween, yeah. walking the dog while the kids went door to door. That was my gig, and I, I might even do it again this year, right on. but I'm not dressing up. So when are you going to reveal your costume, or do people have to watch your Instagram? Yeah, you know what? Well, keep an eye on the Instagram. It's a possibility on Friday, I'll tell you, as Ooh. long as all of the things come t- into order. I'm not going to be able to really do any shopping, 
Thanks to this photo shoot we got today. Definitely not today. Nah. Um, but yeah, Fucking I will. I know, I know. You were that was so funny this morning, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I I will get around to purchasing items, and if it works out, that I can find everything I want. Because that's the thing is, I don't want it to be half-assed. So if I can't find anything, everything I want, I'm gonna go with a plan B of some kind, which is a question mark right now. Speaking of things that I really don't care for, uh, Halloween is one of them. The other one is photo shoots. And from time to time, when you're in radio, you have to do a photo shoot. This is why I think we should just do podcast only. <laughs> the fucking photo shoots drive me crazy. And, and it's, it's not your fault, Kat. It's not your fault at all. But I'm going to tell you how my day is going to go. So I will put a shit ton of effort into finding clothes for the photo shoot. I will make sure my hair is done, that I look nice. I got my hair cut, and, and I'll be on time. And at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck if I'm even there. It's more obligatory than anything else. I'll walk in the door and it'll be like, oh, hey, Scott, how are you? Great to see you. You haven't been here in like a year and a half. Cool. Nice to see you. And then Kat's going to walk through the door and there's going to be a rush of makeup and hair people that go to her. They're going to be on her every detail. And I'm just going to sit in the corner like a fucking asshole waiting for my turn to take a picture. But then they're going to do five test shots of cat and then they're going to do all her photos and i'm just going to keep sitting there like do 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 and then eventually they'll say ah oh, fuck we should get scott in one of these photos all right bring bring scott in get him off the chair and get him in there for a photo smile they won't even look at me they don't even know if i'm smiling because 100% of the focus in a photo shoot for the scott and cat show is on cat See, and I, because we've been doing this for like 10 years, this will be 10 years of doing these photo shoots because we've been doing them so much. Sometimes I like to razz at Scott a little bit. Like he'd be like, so like, uh, you know, how, how do I look? Or is there anything on my teeth? And I'm like, oh, what? I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. (laughs) I could have a fucking boil on my forehead and no one would give a shit. I could actually light myself on fire and no one would notice. Because nobody's paying attention to the guy. It's like wedding photos. Nobody looks at the groom. They all look at the bride. So I get the strategy. Oh, yeah, make sure a cat looks good because that's where the people's eyes are going to focus. Yeah, yeah, Scott's probably fine. Do I need makeup? No, 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 you're good. Meanwhile, they're putting like a fucking pound of the, the expensive Rihanna shit on cat. Me, they'll just spray some baby powder in the air and tell me to shimmy through it. It's a fucked up. Nobody gives it. <laughs> it's, it's like getting invited to a party where you're the guest of honor, but nobody gives a fuck that you're there. <laughs> so funny. That's the way a photo shoot works. And to this day, I've been doing morning radio for like 22 years. And I can tell you, I have never in my life seen a radio photo shoot that made me want to listen to that radio station. Right. So that the w- whole thing is all for not anyway. You know what? We the truth is we need to do it just because I mean when was the last time we took a photo shoot though because of COVID especially yes we it's been a long time so it's mostly like we got to go through the motions of doing this just to have like an uh, somewhat updated photos because of all those past shoots and sometimes you work with like some photographers you've never worked with before and they think they've got a great idea for a photo that will make people listen to the show and you're like fuck off I'm not doing that right. (laughs) 
which yeah. we've actually had to say before in a nicer way, in a much nicer way. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you say it in a nicer way. I have zero tolerance because my patience is at its end by the time it comes time to do these photos. Would like, you see why it's entertaining for me? Like everything you mentioned is like my entertainment and I love it. All those photos that they do for radio shows, though, are so fucking dumb. Like, oh, why don't you give her a piggyback? And I'm thinking, the fuck out of here. Nobody's going to listen to the radio because I'm giving her a piggyback. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah, and it's always the cliche stuff because we do mornings. It's like, oh, guys, grab a coffee cup and then, oh, or let's have a bed set up and you guys can be in the bed and like wake up like, what? Like, It's all you need on in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) You can can go fuck yourself. I am not doing that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. They're, the whole thing's a fucking mess. But anyway, yeah, it might we'll be do different the photos today. today. Yeah, it might be different today anyway. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't want to alarm anyone, but since we don't know, it's entirely possible I'm the new CEO of Rogers and just haven't found out yet. It could be mm. any of us at this point. Have you been following this drama? Um, yes. And what? Like, where do we start to figure out who's in the right here and who's in the wrong. And I'm confused. Well, you know, I mean, if we go by, uh, like, um, uh, the lineage of Kings and Queens, I suppose that Edward Rogers, who is the oldest son of Ted Rogers, the late Ted Rogers, I suppose that he's next in line, but it seems to be Edward Rogers versus Mrs. Rogers and the daughters. Mm -hmm. And nobody's really sure who controls the board because Edward Rogers has has called the audible and said, well, no, I'm in charge. And he brought in a whole bunch of other guys that want to be the directors of Rogers. Listen, we're not talking about a, a pizza shop on the corner. We're yeah. talking about Rogers yeah. Communications. Yeah. This is a big company. We're talking and now a- the star this morning is reporting that Edward Rogers wanted to fire Masai Ujiri until someone from MLSE stepped in and said, hold the fuck on. You're whoa, not doing that. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, you relax. And, and uh, this, these, this position, these positions, we're, talking, we're not talking about a difference of like, you know, even for that, oh, $100,000 difference. No, we're talking about billions of dollars here. Yeah, huge money. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never actually written out a will uh, per se. I don't really have any businesses to leave. But if I did, I would probably leave it to my oldest child. In this case, it didn't quite work like that. There was a long management structure that was detailed in Ted Rogers' will. And, and as far as who controls the board is concerned now, I don't know if they even know. The whole thing's got to be tested in court. Edward Rogers says, I'm in charge. Right. The rest of the Rogers family says, no, fuck you, we're in charge. So, I mean, it's family drama. But it's also corporate drama. I mean, this affects not just the the business itself, but the employees mm-hmm, and the customers mm-hmm. from coast to coast to coast and so on. It's going to be fascinating to watch what happens there. Uh, let's go to this new legislation, actually, that got proposed. Uh, the labor minister is proposing legislation that would allow Ontario workers to disconnect during non-business hours and face no repercussions. Great idea. I just don't know how mm. practical it is. If I get a text message from my boss at 7 o'clock at night, I feel obligated to reply to it. Now, if it comes in after 9 when I'm typically in bed, it can wait till the next morning. Mm -hmm. But I'm always on, and I feel like I need to always be on to maintain a competitive edge. I think a lot of people do, don't they? I think that that's that's the issue right there. And it's not necessarily that, okay, if it's outside of your hours, you don't answer. 
Okay, but that's also a good way to, to get behind and and stay behind, maybe, in what you, depending on what you do for a living. It's also a way to seem like you're unengaged when there's someone who's not willing to do that, that is willing to you know, answer that phone call, um, email that client at 7 p.m. That person's got an advantage over you. So what does that mean for you when promotions come up? What does that mean for you when you want to take that next step in your career? You better be fucking either very happy with where you are right now, if, you're, if that's the way that you work, that's fine. I, again, I think it's totally fair, and I agree. You should have some security there, knowing that you're not going to get fired because you didn't reply to an email at 6.52 p.m. But also, it's not going to get you ahead. That's the problem. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I read a great example this morning of how people get bogged down in the work outside of work hours. One of the examples was it's someone whose job it is to give out quotes when you hire a mover. Okay, well, people request quotes for various things at all hours. This company has an expectation that all quote inquiries get replied to right away. So if somebody at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night says they want a quote to help them move, you're expected to reply to that quote. Ooh, 10 o'clock on a Saturday, though. That's a what company expects you to work at 10 o'clock on a Saturday when you're usually a Monday to Friday, nine to fiver. Mm hmm. But there's companies yeah. out there that say that's part of your job yeah. and that would be outlawed under this current proposal. And it's going to go through. The conservatives have a majority. So I tend to think that it's, it's a step forward. I just don't know how practically it can be enforced. I, I'm really not sure. Uh, another headline today, uh, two other headlines that I want to read you, and they're both from the Toronto Star, the very left-leaning Toronto Star. Employees at 45 of Ontario's largest school boards have presented medical exemptions for the COVID vaccine at a rate 42 times higher on average mm. than the exemption rate that Dr. Kieran Moore said he would expect from the general population. Teachers are getting vaccine exemptions 42 times higher than the rest of the population. Mm. It seems like some teachers all seem to know a doctor that'll write them a note for just about anything they want. Is that what's going on mm. here? Or did all of those teachers manage to convince a doctor, a medical professional, that they should be exempt from the COVID vaccine? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I don't know. This would be obviously case by case. But I know that doctors and nurse practitioners alike are being very careful um, and I know that they are being approached. I mean, I'll, I'll just say, you know, my sister's a nurse practitioner and, you know, she has been approached for this similar scenario where it's like, okay, I know I'm going to be like, go. And again, similar, but not necessarily exempt, but they want to go on leave, certain leaves, because they're looking at the future and the recent announcement that was made that, hey, I might be okay without a vaccine and they might just like lift all this shit come March um, April, May, maybe, I don't know. So if I just hang in there for a little bit longer and take a leave because I'm depressed, I won't have to worry about getting the vaccine and I'll be mm -hmm. right back to work by the time my leave is up. She's personally seeing a lot of that. She's being asked if that she can sign off on them being too depressed and it's coming out of nowhere and at an interesting time and mainly in unvaxxed.
That's an interesting angle on yeah, it. Yeah. Mm, go off on a paid leave. Yeah. As so, opposed to getting the vaccination. Yeah. So not the same, but I'm seeing similar things like this. And so I know that there are medical professionals that are able to write things off that are being approached. So it wouldn't surprise me, uh, it, but it does surprise me that that person, the, the, the doctor, the nurse practitioner, whoever it might be that's able to write write these off. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I I couldn't begin to tell you the process that they would just willy nilly do it for anybody. That would surprise me. The other thing I want to mention here, it's a headline from the Toronto sun. This time the Ontario superior court has issued an interim injunction against the university health network firing unvaccinated staff. Now the courts have said, hold on a second here, fuckers. You're not just going to fire a whole bunch of people because they're not vaccinated. We need to hear the arguments in this case. So as of right now, the University Health Network has been ordered, stop firing people. Stop putting them on an unpaid leave because they're not vaccinated. We need to talk about this in open court. And I'm here for it. I mean, go back to Friday's episode if you want to hear why I feel that. But I, I am happy to hear that there's some healthcare workers who have at least got some temporary reprieve. And if this goes through the courts and the judge hears all sides of the argument and agrees, yep, you're a danger. You can't do now what you did six months ago because now vaccines are available and they weren't then. Now you've got to be fired or put on an unpaid leave if you're not vaccinated. If the judge hears the arguments and still says that, I guess we have to respect the courts. But in this case, the court said, hold the fuck on a second here. There's more to this. Let's talk about this. So it's going to have to go through the process. But as of right now, some temporary reprieve for those unvaccinated hospital workers. And I have to think that's going to reverberate through many industries. I mean, this one is just for the University Health Network, but maybe there's others out there. It sounds like this is going to be decided in the courts, but it might not matter. Because it looks like we're getting rid of the mask mandate by March and the Vax passports by the middle of January. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is time for today's podcast password. Do you have a word in mind that you want to use? Hmm. What about... They did give us the freedom to choose our own words. I know, but they told us to be careful with it, too, because it's coming in by text all the time. And I thought that'd be a funny prank for whoever's in during the day to see all those text messages. Turns out they didn't think that was very funny. Apparently they don't like it. Okay, why don't we go with Halloween? Halloween. It's the big week. It's the week. I got to think, by the way, that after everything that happened on university campuses during homecoming and orientation week, the post-secondary students are ready to let her rip this week. I mean, I know Halloween's not till Sunday. But I'm thinking Saturday is going to be a major party Mm -hmm, night. mm -hmm. Friday is going to be lit. Even Thursday is going to be crazy. It's going to be a good Halloween year because people are ready to go. I think so. Although for the most part around here anyway, the weather's going to be shit. 
The weather's so, going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> text the word Halloween to 519-571-2328. 519-571-2328. If you have successfully sent in the password, just the word, by the way, you'll get a little notification saying, hey, way to go. You figured out how to send a text message. Great. <laughs> I don't know. Some people uh, might want to just ensure that their text went through. Yeah. You'll get a confirmation after you send it through. Again, just the word Halloween. Let's go to what happened on Friday. I'm really not sure why they decided to do this on Friday because it's a good news story. And I know that I have shit all over Doug for about a year now. For about a year, he has continuously pissed everybody off with his contradictions and his favoring big business and leaving small business in the dust. But I'm here to tell you guys, because I got to be honest, I'm going to call it the way I see it. Doug did a very, very good job on Friday. Here's just a little bit of the premiere. Well, good afternoon. I said to you last week that our government was in the final stages of developing a plan to safely reopen Ontario. I said this plan would stand the test of time. This plan is designed to bring certainty and predictability to what our response to the pandemic will look like in the coming months. We've worked side by side with the Chief Medical Officer of Health, our medical health professionals, to put in place a plan that will lead us through the winter and out of this pandemic. Today, we're sharing with all Ontarians what they can expect over the next several months. I'll ask Minister Elliott to speak to the details shortly, but I want to highlight a few key principles that guide this plan. To begin with, we're sticking with what's worked for our province. This is a cautious plan. It slowly lifts public health measures over time allowing us to monitor any impacts on our hospitals and in our communities. It provides Ontarians and businesses with the certainty they need to make the plans of their own. It will do everything possible to avoid broad lockdowns while enabling a tailored and localized response should we need to act. And it provides a clear end state for when remaining public health measures will be lifted. Before he gets to that, I just want to say one of the things that you and I, Kat, have been very steadfast on, and they finally listened. People need to know the plan. They need to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. They need to hear how this will end and when it will end. And even if it's a moving target somewhat, and all of this is, because if, if there's a fifth wave or well, shit, by March, we could be in a sixth wave by then. Who fucking knows? But either way, people that have been vaccinated need a reward. They need to show that the government needed to show people that they did do the right thing and that they will be uh, rewarded for that. And they also need to put a date on it. Doug did both of those things. He rewarded those who are fully vaxxed and he put an end date on it and he told us the plan. Here it is. Including when proof of vaccination will no longer be mandatory. While necessary to control the spread of COVID-19, the public health measures in place, including vaccine certificates, these are extraordinary measures. 
It's kind of amazing that he's been premier for three years and hasn't gotten even a little bit better at reading off a teleprompter. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> COVID <laughs> extraordinary. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> we would keep them in place one day long. We would not keep them in place one day longer than necessary. We said we'd remove them as soon as it's safe to do so. My friends, that's what this plan does. With the next step of measures easing on Monday, October 25th, when we lift capacity limits and distancing requirements for restaurants, gyms, and casinos, where proof of vaccination is required. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge why we're in, in the position to confidently make these plans. It's because our health indicators show that we're on the right path. We are here because we stayed cautious, we stayed disciplined, and we never underestimated this virus. We look to other countries, other provinces. There can be no question that this was and is the right approach. Nothing about what he said is wrong. Nothing about it. So here's how it works, everybody. As of today, Monday, October 25th, restaurants, bars, other food and drink establishments, gyms, personal fitness centers, casinos, bingo halls, meeting spaces, event spaces can all go to full capacity, providing they are checking vaccine certificates. Everybody inside has to be verified, vaccinated, and there are no more capacity restrictions. That's not all. What about uh, the zoos and aquariums and Mm -hmm. landmarks Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth? Indoor amusement parks, that sort of thing. When can they do it? Well, in a lot of settings that don't already require proof of vaccination, if they want to opt in and start requiring proof of vaccination, they can go to full capacity. Yeah. And it's a tough choice because I think for the most part, the government did absorb a lot of the anger at who was and wasn't taking vaccine certificates. Businesses could just say, hey, fuck, it's not us, it's Doug. And, and most people accepted that. But the salons are in a bit of a weird situation yes, they now. Are it is it, it, that's going to be the one that for me is the most interesting to see what happens because if you are a hairstylist who owns the salon, if you set that rule for your salon, you are taking a chance on a lot of different things. Um, clients will no longer come. I mean, it's pretty clear they're not going to. It's not likely anyway that they're going to get a shot just because you won't allow them into your salon. So that's pot, potential business lost. Also, if not everybody agrees with that on your staff, you have issues there, too, because you're the one that's going to be making the choice. And when it comes to, you know, those nation chains of hair places like a first choice or something, whatever they set, you know what is what it is. Either go along with it or quit. But if it's a standalone, you know, hair hair salon that does employ four or five people to do that and to have a couple of people who work there go hang on a minute. Like, I, I don't like this decision. You know, there's not much that they can do about it. So it will cause problems internally. Not to mention, there's some people who are going to phone around to get a hair appointment, for example, and they're flat out going to ask, do I need to be vaccinated to come there? Mm-hmm. And it's going to become very apparent which businesses opted in and which ones didn't. And for those who are anti-vaccine certificate, they will support the businesses that went with them that didn't require vaccine certificates, and they will likely be very angry at the businesses that did. In this case, there's really no cover here. 
It's not like the salon can say, yes, we require proof of vaccination, but blame Doug. It's Doug's fault. Uh, They had the choice. And I've advocated for those businesses to have a choice all along, albeit I know they will be in a difficult position, but it, it will be tough. And I just got my hair cut on Friday. There was hardly anybody in there. Three people. And that's a very popular salon. Oh, they could go and have 12 people getting their hair done all at once. Somebody getting colorable. Another person gets a cut. That sort of shit. But to do that, they have to go vax only. And they're, the, the anti-vaxxers are going to be quite angry about that. And mm-hmm. they'll probably face some hate. Yeah. And that's what I don't want. Listen, if you're a business owner, you just want to get your business going again. And I don't know that there is a silver bullet here or a right or wrong answer. But I mean, if I own a business, I want to put as many people in that business as possible spending money. But to do that, you got to go vax. And that pisses off a lot of people. So I don't know how this is going to play out, Hmm. but I certainly do appreciate the tough position that those businesses are in. Let's get to November 15th. That's when the party restrictions come off. Food or drink establishments with dance facilities, such as nightclubs, wedding receptions, meeting and event spaces where there's dancing, strip clubs, sex clubs, and bathhouses. No longer have to face those restrictions. Why Why November 15th, though? That's a weird date, isn't it? Why can't we just do it now? Why can't we do it now? I don't understand that. I do feel for the people who have a wedding booked, for example, or who did want to go out, or or the clubs, never, never mind, the, the business owners. Or like, okay, so why? Why have to wait two weeks? I'm not sure if that has to do with they figure, oh, you'll need time to prepare yourself. Why? What's the difference? If you can do it, then why not allow them to do it earlier? That's the part that kind of got me. But okay, at least it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any evidence that COVID is spreading in the strip clubs or it. uh, Well, there certainly has been some well-publicized cases of nightclubs, but they tend to get publicized because of the business they're in. January 17th is the day that the chief medical officer of health will slowly, gradually start lifting the vaccine certificates. They're not going to end arbitrarily on January 17th, but that's when they could. January 17th is a good day to do it, and I'll tell you why. It's exactly two weeks after the holidays. Mm -hmm. By January 17th, we're going to know everything we need to know about COVID-19 Here in Canada, if we get to January 17th, after the holidays, after people have been indoors, we know what happened last year. That's where the third wave came from. Mm -hmm. If we get to Jan 17th and there's not a substantial increase in new cases or there's not uh, a massive shortage of ICU beds, I believe Doug. When he says we're going to start lifting Mm. the requirement for vaccine certificates. Now, the downside to this is there's a lot of people who think, okay, well, that's great, Doug. Good job. Because now you just told the anti-vaxxers that they just have to hang in through this Christmas and they won't need to get vaccinated. I I don't see it that way. I I see this as a real positive. None of this is, is supposed to be punishing people. All it's supposed to do is keep people safe. And if we get to Jan 17th, and there's not a substantial increase in hospital admissions or new cases, there shouldn't be any restrictions. Lift them all. Mm -hmm. Let us get back to our regular life, particularly if we're vaccinated, but everybody deserves to live. I do. So I think that's a good date. I I do find it interesting, though, that that's, you know what that is? It's like 
smack in the middle of cold and flu season. Let's get everybody Ooh. together. That's the only thing. And, hey, I, cold and, uh, a regular, you know, run-of-the-mill seasonal cold is just a cold. Um, but it may, we may start to see the flu all over again because of it. And if we do, it's probably, it's probably good that if we see less COVID and more flu, it's more back to normal. So that's, that's the only part about that date where I went, huh, but I do, I mean, I agree with you. It's all good things. And yes, you could argue that a lot of the people who are refusing to get vaxxed are looking at those dates and going, okay. And like I told you, they're just trying to make it work until they feel like they're going to be able to live their normal lives without being vaccinated. So they're going to hold off on making those appointments or, and or try to attempt to go on leave if they're going to be let go because of it, if they feel like they might. So I, I think it's sooner than I thought it would be. But maybe that's just because I'm being like pessimistic and worried like like this isn't going to be over anytime soon. I hope it is. I hope it is. I hope it all pans out. And I totally agree with you, Scott. I think we should all be focused on that goal. That goal we've had since this outbreak began is we just want it to be over. So regardless of whether you have a shot in arm, two shots in arm, or not at, none at all, we need to look forward to this being over, and we need to put our focus in that and work on that as a team. So if that means you're not vaccinated and you think you'll be okay until that time, great. But do everything you can in the meantime. You know, properly social distance, mask up, even for those who are fully vaxxed. I'm still going to be careful for a little while longer to make sure that we're actually out of the woods. March 28th, 2022 is the last date that the province has on its calendar because that is the date that they would like to eliminate all remaining public health restrictions for sporting events, concerts, theaters, cinemas, racing venues, film and production studios, meeting and event spaces, and more. Basically, March 28th, 2022 is the end of physical distancing and wearing masks indoors in public. I mean, that's a little longer than I was hoping for. I'd like to think that we're going to be through this sooner than later. I I thought the January 17th date was great. If we don't have any major catastrophic damages here and no new variants of concern by January 17th, we're good. But again, we needed to know a date. And if we know that March 28th is the day where all the masks come off and we have a great big burning downtown Toronto outside Queens Park, okay, fine. And all this is subject to those public health markers, but I'm happy we've got a date on it. I don't say, I haven't said this in about a year. Good job, Doug. That was what people needed. A clear timeline, benchmarks, targets. That's great. Now stop firing nurses and (laughs) stop firing nurses. And we're going to be much closer, closer to me not shitting on you in every episode. Fuck you, Doug. You keep your feet on the ground. Don't fuck around. Stay on this track. And I think for the most part, people are going to be happy, aren't they? Um, Yeah, I think so. A lot of reason to be optimistic, everybody. A lot of reason. Two months from today is Christmas. If you want a lot of groans and eye rolls on your social media, go ahead and send that out Mm -hmm. today. Two months till Christmas. We'll start talking more about the holidays as we get closer because... It's kind of funny. I, I see the stats on scottandcat.ca, and over the weekend, one post was getting more hits than anyone, any other one that we've posted in recent memory. And it was the holiday lineup for W Network and Hallmark. <laughs> I was like, it's fucking October. I why know. is this Why is this page getting so many hits? Right. Uh, people are ready for the holidays. 
All right, let's go do some uh, photo shoot fucking around. we've got some stuff we got to get to. Uh, Don't forget to text your password. You already heard it. Text it to 519-571-2328. It may be like the last or second last time you can do it. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. A Star Wars-themed house has been listed for sale in Florida. But in Florida, Star wars theme just means it was owned by siblings who kiss. Pfizer also reported Friday that its COVID vaccine for children is 90% effective. Meanwhile, Johnson & Johnson reported that their COVID vaccine for children is just Capri Sun. Psychiatrists and pediatricians now saying there's a national mental health emergency with the young, with the youth of America, sullen, withdrawn, full of anxiety, and then COVID hit. Uh, But they say it's it's 10 times worse now. I heard a mother at the dinner table the other night say, Honey, are you okay? You've barely taken a picture of your food. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. 